Amen. Monty kept telling me he guaranteed I'd never heard that, so I don't know if he wrote it himself. No? Okay. But he was right. I hate to admit that, but he was right. But amen. If you have your Bibles tonight, and you would, turn them to the seventh chapter of the book of Matthew. Matthew, the seventh chapter. And I want to title this sermon tonight, A Steady Foundation, or you could call it a sturdy foundation. You've probably heard this and seen this in your own life, but when you first came to know the Lord, especially if you were an adult, uh, you probably remember the fervorance and the passion that you had for the Word of God, to the to hear the Word of God. If there was a revival somewhere, you wanted to be there. If there was a sermon on, you wanted to listen to it. And, and this desire to seek the Lord. But I also want you to know that sometimes that desire, that passion, that fervor um, can uh, almost lead us a little bit astray. And um, I'll never forget when the Lord got a hold of me um, and, uh, and I was just passionate about the Word of God, the study of God's Word. My mother and father gave me a study Bible. And that study Bible was of a well-known Bible scholar. He's probably one of the most brilliant Bible scholars in America today, if not the whole world. And, and I got so obsessed and passionate with that that if he didn't agree with it, I didn't agree with it. It didn't matter what it was. It didn't matter what I had thought, what I believed. If it was in the notes below the scriptures, that's what I believed. And tonight I want you to know that God's word, the word of God must be our steady or sturdy foundation. But tonight I want to caution us that sometimes we take the foundation of God's word, the treasure that it is, and sometimes we use it in a way that God never intended for it to be used. And so if you have your Bibles with me, you tonight, I'm going to ask that you stand as we read these verses out of a reverence to the word of the Lord. And I want to read verses 21 through 23 because technically these verses are connected with a therefore. But our text for tonight is verses 24 through 29. And so starting in verse 21, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house. And it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. 
and the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, and it fell, and great was its fall. And so it was, when Jesus had ended these sayings, that the people were astonished at his teaching, for he taught them as one having authority, and not as the scribes. Pray with me. Father, tonight I come just thankful for the privilege to stand before this group of people and to preach your word. Lord, I pray tonight that your spirit would do what only he can do. Convict, work, draw. Lord, all of these things tonight that make much of you. Father, I pray that you would just forgive me of anything in my life that would hinder what you are trying to do in this place. And Lord, I ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. You're taking notes tonight. Uh, I want you to write down this title, this position, this topic for the first point. We should use the scriptures as a foundation, not to tear foundations down. We should use the scripture as a foundation, not to tear down. Now, I'm going to say the name of a church, and I want you to say what it's from. The first self-righteous church of Pascagoula, Mississippi. The Mississippi Squirrel Revival. Now, I don't know how spiritual this is or what you'll think of my parenting, but my oldest child this week got to watch for the first time the Mississippi Squirrel Revival. And uh, in that short video, which is not the sermon text for tonight, um, they have a problem. It's in the name, the first self-righteous church. And my favorite character in that song is, guess who? Sister Bertha, better than you. Now, friends, we giggle about that. But I want to tell you tonight that I think there are more Sister Bertha better than you in our churches than we care to admit. And look up here. I'm not a female. I understand there are two genders, okay? But I don't have a B name. It's a boy, okay? So I can be a Sister Bertha better than you. I can be that. I can be that person who forgets how sinful I am and how gracious that God is. Now, I know you don't struggle with that. I'm glad this sermon is not for you. It is only for me. But friends, I want you to know the greatest danger I think that this crowd has. The Sunday night faithful. Those people who showed up to pray this week. Those who show up to Wednesday night Bible study. Those who give and serve, is sometimes... Now, this isn't going to be a popular sermon. I just want to tell you up front, but that's okay. Is that sometimes we can slip into self-righteousness. This idea that we are doing God a favor by doing what we do. And I want to show you this as we start here because we should use the Scriptures as a foundation, not to tear down foundations. Look what it says there in verses 24 and 25. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken to him 
to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain descended and the flood came and the winds blew and beat on that house and it did not fall. For it was founded on the rock. And so we understand this concept. That you and I have to build our faith, our lives upon Jesus Christ. He is that rock. But we understand here that it's His Word that He's talking about. And so the foundation for my life must be the Word of God. You say, Jake, I believe that book from the beginning to the end. I try to live that book. And I try to make sure everyone else lives that book as well. Friends, I want to caution you tonight because sometimes what is meant to be the foundation that we build upon becomes what we use to try to tear down the foundation of others. And I want to give you two examples tonight and I hope that you'll turn there with me. And the first warning I give you tonight as a church is this. Be careful how you use the scriptures. Be careful how you use the Scriptures. In Matthew 15, verses 15 through 22, the Pharisees trying to attack Jesus did not use the pagan culture of the day. They did not use the wisdom of the world. They tried to twist the Word of God against Him. Which what they didn't understand was He is the Word of God. But friends, I am not the Word of God. You are not the Word of God. And so we must be careful if God's Word is going to be our foundation that we use it carefully. Listen to what it says in Matthew 15, starting in verse 15 through 22. Then the Pharisees went and plotted how they might entangle Him in what? His talk. His talk. The Word of God. And they sent to him their disciples with the Herodians saying, Teacher, we know that you are true and teach the way of God in truth. Nor does, nor do you care about anyone for you do not regard the persons of men. This is false humility, by the way. Tell us, therefore, what do you think? Is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar or not? But Jesus perceived their wickedness and said, Why do you test me, you hypocrites? Show me the tax money. So they brought him a denarius. And he said to them, Whose image and inscription is this? They said to him, Caesar's. And he said to them, Render therefore to Caesar the things that are Caesar, and to God the things that are God's. And when they heard these words, they marveled and left him and went their way. You see, they wanted Jesus to say, you can't worship Caesar. You can't pay your taxes to Caesar. You need to rebel. You need to rise up. And they were trying to use what the Old Testament teaches to trip him up. And friends, tonight I want you to hear this. As a Christian, you need to be careful how you approach others with the Scripture, with the things of God. It is more important your intent behind how you use the Scriptures than the fact that you know them. You can know every verse in that book and die and go to hell. Friends, you can quote more Bible verses, sing more hymns than anyone else in this church and have a heart that is wicked. You see, these individuals were the religious leaders of the day. And do you see how they tried to corrupt him? 
They said we're going to use His talk. His words. His way of thinking. We're going to try to turn what is good into what is evil. We're going to turn what is right into what is wrong. And you see, tonight I want to tell you that God's Word is true. God's Word is perfect. God's Word is holy. But be careful how you use it. The second thing I want to show you from this same point, it's a sub-point, is if the Word of God is our foundation, we know that foundations are vital. And that's what Jesus is teaching here. But when we build a foundation, it is for the purpose of building on what? Top of that foundation. A house is not a home just because you put in a foundation. It is vital that the foundation is good before you put up the walls and the drywall and the rafters and the roof. But friends, sometimes we take this belief that God's Word is the foundation and we use it to try to destroy the foundation of other people. You see, tonight my warning to you is that this church never becomes a church that becomes the first self-righteous church of Ten Mile. Be careful who you hurt with the Scriptures. You say, Jake, I would never hurt anyone with the Scriptures. I want to show you an example from the Bible. In John chapter 8, verses 1 through 11, I want you to turn there with me because I want you to see how self-righteous Pharisees will use the Word of God to destroy other people. But Jesus, in verse 1, went to the Mount of Olives. Now early in the morning He came into the temple and all the people came to Him and sat down and taught Him. Then the scribes and the Pharisees brought to Him a woman caught in adultery. And when they had set her in the midst, they said to him, This woman was caught in adultery in the very act. And what do they do? They quote the Old Testament scriptures. Now Moses in the law commanded us that such should be stoned. But what do you say? But what do you say? I want you to get a picture of this public spectacle. They catch this woman in adultery. We don't know if they set her up. We don't know if she was, we have no idea. But yet they drag her in front of everybody. They throw her in the midst of them and say, Jesus, the Bible says this is what we should do to her. What should we do to her? Now, friends, I want you to know something. They're exactly right. The Old Testament clearly teaches that. But friends, the heart behind what they said was wicked. And friends, self-righteousness is when we use the Word of God to destroy other people. The Bible is the foundation. Foundations are meant to be built upon. They're meant to be sturdy. They're, they're meant to have the, the foundation for growth upon it. But friends, be careful when the Bible becomes the weapon that you use to hurt other people. Let's go on in this story in verse 6. <clears throat> this they said, testing him, that they might have something of which to accuse him. But Jesus stooped down and wrote on the ground with his finger as though he did not hear. So when he commanded, asking him, 
he raised himself up and said to them, He who is without sin among you, let him throw a stone at her first. And again he stooped down and wrote on the ground. Then those who heard it being convicted by their conscience went out one by one, beginning with the oldest, even to the last. And Jesus was left alone, and the woman standing in the midst. When Jesus had raised himself up and saw no one but the woman, he said to her, Woman, where are those accusers of yours? Has no one condemned you? She said, No one, Lord. And Jesus said to her, Neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. Then Jesus spoke to them again, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. Now tonight I know that you'll never admit to this, but I have used the Bible numerous times not to try to reach lost people, but to prove that I'm right. Now I know you'd never do that. I know that. I'm a heathen, you're not. I got it. I've even used the Bible to hurt people. You say, oh, preacher. It's true. You, <laughs> I do some of the dumbest things you have ever seen. I can do it with my wife. Yeah, she's busy. She's got a lot of people to take care of. Right? And then I'll say something like this. And I know you're going to hate me after this, but I don't care. It's the truth. I'll say something like, you know, when, I, when we got married and, and you wanted to be the Proverbs wife, I, I thought it would entail a cleaner house. No, I'm, not, I'm just telling you the truth. And then the Lord has to convict me. What's wrong with you? So then I try to help her. And I try to apologize. You say, Jake, I can't believe you'd say something like that. Let me look up here. You've said worse things. You just won't admit it. Or you've thought worse things. And friends, that's the Bible in my mind being twisted against my wife. And it's wrong. It's wrong. How many times you ever quoted a Bible verse in the presence of someone that you know was struggling with something? Yeah. You see, that self-righteousness. And friends, God will have no part of it. That's why Jesus just stood there and kept on drawing. I don't know what he was drawing. Some people think he was writing the sins of the men that stood there. Some people think that he was just doodling. I have no idea. And I'm not going to claim to. But friends, did you hear what happened in that passage of Scripture? The conscience began to come under conviction. That's what the Spirit of God does. The Spirit of God convicts. You don't convict people. You can't correct people. You can't change people. The Spirit of God is the one who changes hearts and lives and families. The Spirit of God, as He begins to convict you and me of our sin. Friends, I want to give you a piece of advice tonight. If you listen to nothing else from me over these years, trust the Spirit of God. Trust what he's doing. Trust how he's working. Trust how he's changing people. There are people that sit on these pews, or not, they're not pews anymore. I know. I will forever be the guy that got rid of the pews. I know. 
There are people sitting on these chairs on a Sunday morning that the world would say they are a hypocrite. They are broken. They are a mess. I can't even believe you let them sit in church. And what they don't know is the Spirit of God's at work. It might be slow. It might just be a very small flicker. But the God is doing things. And I don't know about you, but if they hang out in church as long as many of you have hung out in church, just maybe, just maybe God will do something amazing in them like He's done in you. Simeon's forget you've been in church longer than I've been alive. Simeon's been in church longer than my mom's been alive. The Spirit of God works that way. The potter, the Bible says, works on the clay. Sometimes the clay doesn't want to mold. Sometimes the potter takes the clay off and, and restarts. And so friends, tonight if I can give you one piece of advice, it is use the Scriptures as a foundation for your life. Use the Scriptures as a foundation for your marriage. Use the Scriptures as a foundation for this church. But never use the Scriptures to try to destroy the foundation of other people. Second thing tonight I want to show you from this text. We should obey the Scriptures out of the right heart. Look what it says in verses 26 and 27. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house and it fell and great was its fall. You see, friends, you can hear the word of God and not apply the word of God. You can hear the word of God and leave here trying to convince everyone that you have understood. Do you notice something here? He says, but everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. It doesn't say that he heard these commands and didn't build a house. He says he tried to imitate the building of a house with a different foundation. And friends, what that looks like is this. You're trying to convince everybody. You're trying to fake it with everybody. You're trying to convince the person you want to vote for you. You're trying to convince the person you want to marry you. You're trying to convince everyone else that I am this spiritual person. That, that I've heard the things of God. But friends, what happens is you can listen. You can sit on these chairs for the next five decades and die and split hell wide open. You can listen to sermon after sermon after sermon on marriage, on finances, on forgiveness, on all of these things. And you can live, leave here and build your house on something other than the Word of God. You can do it. You can leave here every day, every Sunday. You can come to every revival service and you can listen. But friends, you've got to hear and obey out of the right heart. Flip over to 1 Samuel chapter 15 with me tonight. Because I want you to know that even though you might hear. And you try to build an invitation. It doesn't matter what you say. God knows the heart. 
in 1 Samuel chapter 15. You ought to be able to flip there very quickly from this morning. In verse 20 it says, And Saul said to Samuel, But I have obeyed the voice of the Lord and gone on the mission on which the Lord sent me. He says, I went where the Lord told me to. He says, I heard it. I heard it. And brought back Agag, king of Amalek. I have utterly destroyed the Amalekites. But the people took of the plunder, sheep and oxen, the best things which should have been utterly destroyed to sacrifice to the Lord your God in Gilgal. He says, I heard it, but the people did it. I didn't take nothing for myself. I didn't take no fatted oxen or sheep. Them people did. It'd be like saying, well, I didn't do it, Lord. They did. And listen to what Samuel says tonight in these verses. So Samuel said, Has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifice as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice and to heed than the fat of rams. For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft and stubbornness is as the iniquity and idolatry. Because you have rejected the word of the Lord, he has also rejected you from being king. You see, Saul says, I heard what you said, Lord. I did what you said, Lord. They didn't. And what Samuel says is, God knows your heart. Friends, you might not be able to convince me, or you might fool the person you live with, but God knows your heart. God knows tonight why you said what you said. Do what you do. Go where you go. Friends, tonight I want you to know, don't build your life. Don't build your marriage. Don't build the church on hearing God and not building on Him. Because this is what I believe the Bible teaches. Greater the responsibility, greater the fall. You see, my shoes have to be made better than some of your shoes. You know why? My shoes have to support more weight than some of yours. I bought a really nice pair of brown shoes a few years ago when I thought I was really arriving as a pastor. I mean, they're really expensive, fancy shoes. What I didn't realize is when you buy good shoes and you have a concrete church parking lot, your shoes end up getting holes in them. And so now for the third time, I have taken my black pair of shoes to Mount Vernon to have new soles on it. The guy says, what do you think the problem is? And me in my prime fashion said, must not be made very well. And the guy who has a, a weight problem like myself says, I don't think that's the issue. And friends, think about skyscrapers. Think about the biggest buildings in America. Those foundations are so vital because when they cave, thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people could lose their life. If you leave church tonight and you drive to town, right after the curve, there's a brown house where the state trooper that gave you all tickets lived. And as you go past that house, if you look to the right, there is an old barn that is caved in. 
Looks like they're probably going to tear it down. You see, that foundation didn't mean a lot. Nobody lived there. There probably wasn't a lot of valuable things in it. But friends, I want you to know that when your foundation is supporting something important, when it caves, it costs. Friends, when your marriage is built upon a false foundation and the storms come, your family can be destroyed. You see, your church, when it's built on a false foundation, when the storm comes, the church will be destroyed. That's why I like the James, the third chapter so much, because it gives that warning to all of us who handle the word of God. My brethren, let not many of you become teachers, knowing that we shall receive a stricter judgment. For we all stumble in many things. If anyone does not stumble in word, he is a perfect man, able also to bridle the whole body. Indeed, we put bits in horses' mouths that they may, be, they may obey us, and we turn their whole body. Look also at the ship, although they are so large and are so driven by fierce winds. They are turned by a very small rudder, wherever the pilot desires. Even so, the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. See how a great a forest a little fire kindles. If there is one thing I could go back and tell my younger self, it would be this. Be careful from saying dumb things. Now, I usually don't say things with malicious intent. I usually just say dumb things out of dumbness, I guess. I mean them as a joke, mean them in humor, and as you can probably imagine, not everyone enjoys my sense of humor. I think I'm the funniest person I know, but... Apparently, that is not the case. But if I could go back and tell my younger self something, it would be easy. Easy on your words. Because like the Bible says, we can cause other people to stumble. We can cause other people to falter. And what it says there is, not let many of you become teachers knowing that they shall receive a stricter judgment third and final thing tonight and i'll be done the first one is we should use the scriptures as a foundation not to tear foundations down the second thing was we should obey the scriptures out of the right heart and the third is we should trust the authority of god to work look what it says in verses 28 and 29 and so it was when jesus had ended these sayings that the people were astonished at his teaching. For he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. If there are two things about the word of God tonight that you take home, write these down. The first one is this. God's word will make a difference in the life of God's people. God's word will make a difference in the life of God's people. 2 Timothy chapter 3 verses 16 and 17. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness 
that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. The Bible will give you what you need. Keep teaching it to your children. Keep teaching it in your Sunday school class. Keep preaching it from the pulpit. Keep reading it in your own life. The word of God will make a difference in the life of God's people. And the second thing is this. Trust God's spirit to accomplish results using the word. Trust God's spirit to accomplish results using the word. Listen to what it says in John chapter 6 verses 63 and 64. It is the spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you are spirit and they are life. But there are some of you who do not believe. For Jesus knew from the beginning who they were who did not believe and who would betray him. You see, Jesus knew that Judas would betray him, but he still used the same Old Testament verses. He still taught the same things. He still ministered in the same way. Because why? The Spirit of God uses the Word of God to either draw people to God or drive people from God. You see, friends, people don't need your opinion on anything. Now, I know your opinion is good. I keep waiting for the governor to call me for mine, but he doesn't. And so every time I really get fired up and think, I would love to tell him what I think. I don't want to go like this. They'll probably consider it a threat. Think, they never call. Never. All them times, them Chicago Democrats, I think, boy, I sure would like to tell them something. They've never called either. Not one time have they ever called and said, Jacob Gray, we'd love to hear your opinion on anything. Not one time. But you know what I do know? I know that God changed their lives. I know that God hears the prayer of his people. I know that if God's people will continue to preach his word, it will either draw them to him or drive them away from him. And friends, tonight I have to be okay with the results that the Bible and the Spirit of God produce. You see, I want the results that I want. I want all the politicians to get saved and then change everything the exact way that I would like for it to happen. That's what I want. That's what I pray for. But I also pray that all you would listen to me too, and that doesn't always happen either. I pray that for my family, for my kids. But I have to trust that God is at work in their lives when I share the scriptures with them. Tonight, friends, the greatest advice you can give your kids is not advice. It's the word of God. The greatest thing you can do for your kids tonight is not try to tell them everything they ought to do. It is to teach them what God's word tells them to do. Because the Bible tells us in the book of Proverbs that you can train them up. And though they might depart. How does that end up? They will come back. Friends, sometimes it's on their deathbed. Sometimes 
It's at their grandchild's funeral. It might be in a hospital room with cancer. It might be as a 22-year alcoholic. You don't know, but you have to trust that if you will pour the Word of God into these little kids that came in here to watch that baptism today, I looked out and thought, holy moly, I'm not the only one that's having kids, amen? There are kids everywhere. We've got to trust that if we'll keep teaching them the Word of God here, if parents will keep teaching them the Word of God at home, if they'll study their Bibles at home, that even though they might depart for a season, God will bring them back. Friends, that's the only hope you got. That's the only hope that I have. Teach them your opinion. See how that works out for you. God never promised to bless your opinion. God never promised to bless your kid's opinion. He promised to produce fruit through the Spirit of God and the Word of God. And so, friends, tonight my challenge to you is don't use the Word of God as a weapon to tear down the foundations of others. Build your life upon it. Make sure that you don't just listen to the Word of God and ignore it. Obey them with the right heart. And third and finally tonight, trust that God will produce results by using His Spirit in His Word. You say, Jake, that wasn't very hip. That wasn't very cool. That very wasn't very practical. That didn't have any mind-blowing ideas tonight. You know why? Because I'm not that guy. God is the one who promised to bless His Word. God is the one that promised that it would never return, what? Void. If you really believe that, if you really believe that God's Word does not return void, how much of your conversations do you think you're wasting right now? Not, not that I'm wasting, hopefully, but that you waste every day at the restaurant, that you waste every day with your home, with your, with your home. Talk to your walls. No, with your wife or your kids. If it never returns void. If you call me and said, Jake, if you invest $1,000 right now every day for the next 10 years, every day you're going to double your money. I'd be like, cash money, right? I'd be like, where does I sign up? If you could guarantee that there are going to be results. And friends, God promised there would be results. It might not always look the way that you think it should. It might not always come back as quickly as you think it should. It might not always be the great revival that you hope it will. But friends, what it will do is it will make everybody accountable to one day when they stand before God to be able to say, I heard it. I heard the truth and had an opportunity. Tonight as Jamie comes and every head is bowed and every eye is closed, I pray tonight that the Spirit of God would be at work in your life to remember that everything you're building upon doesn't matter unless it's the Word of God that talks about the Son of God. That Jesus Christ is the cornerstone. And tonight I pray that if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior,
that tonight would be that night. Maybe tonight you're here as a wife or a husband or a parent. And you've not been building your family's foundation of the word of God. Tonight can be that night. Maybe you're here like me and you've used the word of God to win an argument. To hurt someone else. And tonight you've realized. Lord I want to use your word to honor you in every situation. Tonight that can happen. Maybe tonight you're here and the spirit of God saying hey you can be a little self-righteous too. Friends, tonight, that's a wonderful thing. The Spirit of God is convicting you. Don't be angry with Him. Don't quench Him. Yield to Him. Maybe tonight you're the other opposite of that. Maybe you've not become legalistic, but you've become liberal in your approach to the reading of God's Word. Tonight, we don't want you to be liberal or legalistic. We want you to be biblical. True to the foundation that God's Word teaches us about and friends if you'll do that tonight God will do amazing things because of who he is in his word